This is a Lawful Stupid RPG production. Psst. Hey, did you know that Lawful Stupid RPG is sponsored by Kraken Dice? You can visit their website at www.krakendice.com. And I'll tell you this little secret, but don't tell anyone I told you. If you enter the coupon code GETSTUPID at checkout, you'll get an extra 15% off your purchase. Oh, maybe I said that too loud. I gotta run before I get in trouble for saying that. Bye! Hail and well met, and welcome to Dragonlance Echoes of Kryn, Dragons of the Hidden Flood, a D&D podcast presented by Lawful Stupid RPG. This podcast is an actual game of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, played by a group of friends, professional performers, and voice actors with a passion for role-playing, improvisational storytelling, and dice-rolling. We'll begin in just a moment, but first, our players. Hello, I'm Jade, and I'm one of the founders of Lawful Stupid RPG. I've been a huge Dragonlance fan since the beginning, and producing this podcast has been a dream come true for me. I will be playing the dwarf of the party named Farin, and I hope the stories we tell sparkle in your hearts like the brightest gems Ryok's ever dreamed of. I am Panda. I am a Twitch streamer who goes by the username Cirque Panda, And I'm playing Tealy Tumblewood, your resident kender who will try only a little bit not to annoy you. Howdy, my name is Samus. I am a professional opera singer and I am playing the mysterious and slightly grumpy one-armed archer who calls himself Onweir. Hello, I am Chael, and I am not an opera singer. And I will be playing Blip with her awesome animal companion, Dinner, the amazing barbarian duo. Greetings, I'm Chops. I'm a Vegas showman as well as a ghost hunter. And I'll be playing Lassa, a half-elven wizard who will prove his worth to the world. Hello, I am Lindsay Rousseau. I am a voice actor and host of The Rollout on YouTube. And I am playing Manto Bubulina, who has a dark secret that only my best friend Blip knows. And I'm Mr. Eager DM. I'm here to guide and to follow. Now, I invite you all to step with me into fantasy. And for our time together, let imagination rule. Last time, in a dungeon in the Imperial City of Gwynedd, an Ergothian, a Kender, and a Gully Dwarf found reprieve from their imprisonment so long as they agreed to perform in a new opera about the famous Champions of the Lance. Meanwhile, a half-elf, a dwarf, and a one-armed human accepted an imperial invitation to attend that same opera. It is mid-afternoon. Lhasa. Anwir, Farron, you've all been invited to dinner with the Emperor, Emperor's family. A pre-show chance to speak with each other, to eat, to have a friendly beginning to your evening before going to the opera. But before that happens, you have time alone in your individual quarters. They are luxurious, especially for 
Anwir and Lhasa, who have been on sea journey for the last several weeks. Your belongings have been brought up and are now in your rooms. You have a moment to yourselves. Anwir, is there anything you would like to do? After having been at sea for several weeks, I will take a moment to shave, to trim my beard, to comb my hair, wash up, and then... I will be sitting quietly on the floor after I've finished my ablutions. Very well. There are several different jars of unguents scented oils. There is a very fine length of cloth that at first glance looks like it's just that, a length of cloth. Although thinking about the fashion you have seen here, in Gwynedd, it seems that most of the upper class wear togas. Their skin underneath it is bare, open to the air and to the sun, and they wear these luxurious pieces of very fine fabric. The style that you've seen most represented is that of a red, very deep red color with fine fringe that's a little darker red on the sides. That is what the emperor wears and it seems that it is what is in fashion at the moment. There is such a garment in your room, if you care to wear it. But there was nothing said to you that says that that is what you are expected to wear. I will touch it, and I think out of curiosity I will try it on. But I feel exposed in this garment, and I will remove it and put on my black leathers again. Very well. Lhasa, this is the first moment you've been really alone in weeks. Even on the ship, whenever you've had a moment for your own thoughts, you've never been more than a few feet away from another individual. What would you like to do? As I close the door behind me, I find my hands once again returning to the necklace hung around my neck. I turn to it and with a loving gaze, I say, You see, Mother, I knew one day, one day I'd be amongst your people. Maybe they will embrace me in the way that I had always wished you had. I know you were unable. But now, now there's so much to do. I don't know. Will I have the time to really get to know these people? Will there be enough of me to help them understand? <sighs> With a deep sigh, I turn and begin washing and preparing myself so that uh, the day's voyages do not... Uh, offend the noble hosts that we have around us. Again, there is a collection of oils and perfumes and a very luxurious length of fabric that seems to be meant to be worn almost as a drape around the upper body. Carefully and thoroughly, I begin searching through the various uh, anointments and trying to find something that has 
a downplayed scent, nothing that will be overwhelming or present myself as something more than what I am. I want something that will help me blend in amongst these people. Something native, but not too bold. You find something that has a very light, spicy smell to it. It seems appropriate. Yes, I think this would do nicely. And I begin to apply these along with the cleansing. And I would even produce a small vial and see if I could siphon off some of this into the vial to be kept for later use. Very well. You now have a vial of cinnamon-scented oil. Farron, you return to your quarters after finally having been officially introduced to the Emperor. And it appears you are going to be in his presence for the remainder of the day after a brief interlude here in your quarters. What do you do? What time of day is it? About mid-afternoon. Thinking that I may be a little bit busy later, I dress and prepare for the evening. Brush my beard, rebraid it, and I kneel down to pray to Shinare, as I have to do each and every evening. Is there anything in particular that you wish to say in your prayer? I kneel down beside the bed. O oh, Silver Master, I feel in my heart that so much rests on this mission of trade. Please give me the strength to complete my goals and empower me with your glorious gifts. The prayer is comforting, meditation, a mantra. You feel your nerves settling. Your purpose is clear. The magnitude of your task here is daunting, but you feel in your heart that you have a goddess on your side. There are, of course, the normal perfumes and oils and the traditional garments of the Argothian court, which you have always been welcome to use, but I don't know that you have tried. I'll make an effort to try, Simon. It is clearly not meant for a dwarf. Whoever has given you this garment failed to take into consideration the difference in stature, although you are tall for a dwarf. Um, I would like you to make a general dexterity check to see how well you're able to apply this garment. <laughs> really? Oh dear. Well, I already know what my dexterity is, so I rolled a 12, so that's 11. Not bad. Certainly not the best job. Probably could have used some help, but you have it on your body and cinched the areas where you think it should be cinched, and do you wear armor underneath it, or are you going as the rest of the nobility do and bare-chested underneath? Yes, I go bare-chested. I am extremely well-built and muscular for a dwarf. Indeed. Noticeably as well, I am very hairy, which I am very proud of. Might be something that the dwarves of Thorbidden should adopt. <laughs> After about an hour, there is a soft knock at each of your doors, and you are called to dinner. You make your way through the Imperial Palace to a veranda that looks out over the sea. 
As the sun is setting, you see that clouds are approaching the city. And as the wind begins to pick up and the silk curtains that hang in front of this vista begin to billow as you are walking in, servants begin to close large wooden partitions that enclose this area. There is a long wooden table of very polished dark wood that is piled with various dishes and baskets of bread and tureens. It appears that everyone is going to be sitting on cushions around this table. It is low to the ground, more of a reclined position as opposed to sitting at chairs at a table. At the head of the table is the emperor, Mercardior Redic V. And he has at his right, who you assume to be his son, a gangly looking youth, probably somewhere around 14 or 15, wearing a similar toga to his father, but does not fill it out nearly as well. He has short hair and a somewhat pensive look in his eye, dark skinned like his father, although not quite as deeply colored as his father. His father has a very deep umber color to his skin and a full beard. His wife, Ostrena, sits to his left, slightly lighter in color. Her hair is in very elaborate curls and it is bound by a pink ribbon and then cascades down her back all the way down to the small of her back. And like most of the women that you have seen here in Gwydid, she is wearing a pala made of yellow fabric that hangs on her body and then is cinched very tightly around her legs. She has many jewels and beads that cover her neck, her shoulders hang from her ears. She is reclining next to her husband on the left. And then next to her left is the emperor's daughter, Vatya. She is identical in every way except for size to her mother, clearly older than the son. As you come in, you see them. They all look at you. The emperor raises a hand and beckons you forward. Excellent, excellent. It has been long since we had the guests of state to entertain with this sort of pomp. I've been looking forward to it. You remember my wife, Ostrena, my daughter, Vatia. Do not believe that I had the opportunity to introduce my son before. He is Jarvan, and he looks at you all expectantly. Hey, magnificent and very well-received honor, my lord. May I say that the grandeur in this hall is one that I should expect to see nowhere else in my journeys. Your son, truly, he honors you with a gracious figure of what will someday become a warrior, and of your wife and your daughter. These are rare beauties, even by the eyes of elves. He grins broadly as your master appears behind you. He looks past you towards Aranathis and nods. Your apprentice is very, very polite. I look forward to having many conversations with him and with you, Aranathis. Then he looks expectantly towards you, Farron. 
A humble greeting to your Imperial Majesty and to your son as well. Forbarden wishes to open trade with you once again. And. Uh, uh, uh. Of course, but such talk is not for dinner. Very true. I do apologize. Um, same as the half elf said, very beautiful people. Really nice to meet you all. And I shuffle off awkwardly. He nods. There is a slight twinkle in his eye as he does. And then he turns to you, Anwir, and a scribe from the great library. A rare honor indeed. I look forward to learning what brings you to Gwynedd. I am simply here to observe, my lord. And I hope that the words I write will do justice to the beauty that I see. And I give a slight bow. Excellent, excellent. Please sit down and I will introduce our other guests. He points to other people who, now that you have arrived, also begin to take their seats around the table. He says, may I introduce the head of the Imperial Guard? And you see a man wearing scale mail armor, very similar to the other Imperial Guards that you have seen in your travels around Gwynedd, similar to what Tulian Haxus was wearing, although this fellow's armor seems to be a bit finer and a bit more reinforced. And he has around his neck, almost like a, a small toga, but very small compared to the rest of the fabric, it, made of gold around his neck, like a, a very large and elaborate scarf. And he looks at you all and puts his fists to his chest and says, I am Praetor Exos Nitros. I am the head of the Imperial Guard, as His Majesty has just said. Thank you, Your Majesty, for the opportunity to dine with you tonight. And the opera, it has been a long time. The Emperor nods graciously. And Exios Nitros sits down across from you, Anwir. The Emperor points to another man who is there with a woman dressed similarly to the Empress, but not nearly as bedecked by jewels and beads. That man steps forward and bows to you all and says, My name is Daxon Alatu. I am the Minister of Trade and Finance for Gwynedd. This is my consort, Shelta. They bow before you before sitting down. Both of them sit across from you, Lhasa. Then Aranathis sits down on the cushions as well, nearby, and food is served. The dishes are all very heavily spiced. As soon as they are served, you can smell the exotic scents coming off of them. And although there are a variety of flavors, they all seem to have one thing in common that would be very spicy. And most of the meat seems to be seafood. There are a few dishes that seem to have uh, as their main course goat meat. They are all passed around. You have a large amount of a, a sort of rice-like base, which you then take a portion of and then add the different heavily sauced fish dishes and goat meat dishes. Each of them spiced in their own particular way, but after a while, the, the flavors begin to sort of meld together and create one long sensation of burning in your mouth. 
the emperor leans over to you, Anwir, and says, you might be a little trepidatious to try this particular dish. It is made with a sort of fermented cream. We don't have very much in common with our neighbors to the north, but the Akul tribes are quite adept when it comes to finding different ways to consume milk. I believe they call this yogurt. You might try it. I dare say that there is nothing quite like it in Palanthas. My diet as a scribe is rather simple. I'm happy to sample, but I'm afraid my stomach might be... I must be careful with the richness of this food. It is quite delicious and rather excessive for my simple palate. He nods and sort of makes a gesture of understanding with his hand and with his face. Is there anything that you wish to do while this dinner is going on? Obviously, you are here playing a different part than who you actually are. My goal in this dinner is to not draw attention to the fact that I'm only grabbing serving dishes with one hand. My left side is still covered by my half cape, and so I'm only eating dishes that I can eat just with a fork or that I can pick up with my hand. Hmm. I think I'm going to ask for a general dexterity roll on this to see how effectively you were able to hide this without seeming like you're trying to hide something. All right. Ah, that's a seven. Ah, unfortunately, although you have become accustomed to only having the one limb, you do manage to draw a bit of attention to yourself as there is a loud clattering of a spoon at one point as you drop it into the tureen with a bit more force than would be necessary. I wince and there's a flash of pain on my face to have not shielded my secret effectively. The Empress sees this and clears her throat. Master Dwarf. Yes, your majesty. My husband has given me leave to ask you, were you involved in the war? I was, yes. I was a part of the Northern Coalition for, for Bardin. I was captured and, uh, and made a slave in Pax Thacus for a time. At this, Daxon Alatu folds his hands and looks at you. A slave? Well, I was made to mine and dig rock, yes. You could call it a slave. And now you find yourself a ambassador? That is quite the story. Uh, yes, I was, uh... I was decorated for my part in a... Uh, when Pax Thacus was freed, uh, I, I took part in the, the negotiations between the humans and the dwarves. Interesting. Perhaps we will be able to speak more of this at some time. Oh, I would love to. It was my impression that the dwarves of Torbaden were a very insular lot, and I confess I was very surprised to hear that there were any of them involved in the fight against the forces of darkness in the north. Well, they did try to attack Thorbarnin, but they didn't get very far. 
Praetor Exos Nitros nods and says, they did not get very far in Ergoth either. The Black Dragon Army attacked us, but they were driven back. Fantastic to hear. A testament to you, Argathians. There is a small throat clearing as Vatia, the princess, looks towards you, Farron, and says, Is it true that there is a follower of Mishakul who is a woman? That's very true, yes. The table around you and Anwir, you would definitely notice this with your very perceptive nature, has gone very quiet as a great deal of attention is being paid to this particular exchange. I witnessed a healer man in the Pakthakas mines where I was captured. Really? says the Emperor. I would definitely like to hear more about that. It is a wondrous and miraculous time that we live in. We have Michelkites here in Gwynedd. Oh, that's fantastic. None of them have shown an aptitude for this miraculous healing, of course. That would be a sight to see. But... There are sermons being given in the shelf. Not all of them are, let us say that some of them do not cast a flattering light upon the nobility here in Gwynedd. Oh, I'm sure if they are chosen by Mishakal, then it won't be long until they are in receipt of that gift. He nods sort of has a bit of a frowning expression on his face, but nods thoughtfully. Do you have any clerics here yet? Not that I am aware of. I have instructions throughout the city to find them if they show themselves, but so far we have not had any sort of blessing of that nature. Maybe they are not known to you yet, Your Majesty. I gave him a smile. I hope that if they are out there, they are not scared. We have nothing to lose and everything to gain by having the favor of the gods with us once again. It has become too much of the current history to ignore, despite what some people might think. There are very few of us around. I bring you Shinari's blessing. Ah, excuse me? I'm an acolyte of Shidare, the Silver Master. There is even more shocked silence around the table as people look at each other and there's a little bit of a throat clearing and you look and see Daxon a lot too sort of... <laughs> really. It is uh, rather hard to believe, Master Farron. <laughs> oh, I felt the same way yes uh, I'm more than happy to uh, do you have anyone that needs a goddess's touch <clears throat> perhaps although I would not <laughs> I would not be I, I forgive me your, your majesty I 
I find this to be rather insulting. This is not appropriate for dinner. I do apologize. The emperor waves his hand and says, It is all right. There are other things we could discuss. Sensing the discomfort, I would like to break the silence. Your lordship, tell me of the opera. The war is in so recent of our past. Where did you draw the text for such a piece? I ordered that there was a gathering of the various stories, songs, and tales of these so-called heroes of the lance, these champions. And I ordered several different playwrights to put together a compelling narrative and had one of our more accomplished musicians put it to music. I was able to contribute some small musical advice as well as adding a bit to the story, making it feel more appropriate for the Argothians. But really, I had very little to do with it. I, uh, I will be curious to hear your opinions. As a scribe of the Great Library, no doubt you have a great deal more insight to these various individuals than anyone here. Perhaps. But art is simply a matter of interpretation of stories that one hears. I'm sure it will do your stage justice. And I bow. There is a rumble of thunder, followed by a long call from a horn. It starts very high, and then descends, echoes out. The emperor looks towards the side of this room that has been closed off that as you were coming in was open and the wind was blowing in. And he says, ah, that horn tells me that there will be rain this evening. He listens for a moment. Nothing to be concerned about. I think perhaps it is time that we finish our meals and prepare for our journey over to the Teatro Spire. As he says this, Jarvan, the prince who has been silent this entire meal, stands up abruptly and looks to its father and says, with your permission, your majesty, I wish to be excused. And the emperor nods and Jarvan hurries out. If I can make eye contact with Ostrena before we depart, I would like to give her a look of gratitude for changing the tide of conversation when my mishap occurred. Very well. Lhasa, you have been silent this entire conversation. As the group is finishing up their meal and getting ready to leave, is there anything you wish to say or any comment you wish to make to the room or to Aranathus? Uh, yes, so over the course of the meal, I have been doing my best to carefully observe the manner in which they are going about eating these foods and practicing as best I can to imitate these actions as closely as I can without making it uh, an uncomfortable situation for those who might observe it. And uh, having enjoyed all these various goods, I would certainly turn to our host and say most graciously, my lordship, the splendor with which you adorn your table is truly a magnificent thing. There are 
foods here which I had never hoped to sample in my life. And although I have eaten much of the sea during my time, there are dishes here that expand the mind of those who consume them to new possibilities. I hope that the play which you present to us will be just as edifying as what we have consumed here. And with the blessings of rains coming to your people, I am sure that there are bountiful gifts yet to come this evening. You are a very interesting person, Lhasa. Uh, Lhasa, could you do me a favor and please make a perception or an insight check as you were observing everyone? I want to see how well you were able to pick up on maybe things that they might have been trying to hide. I speak up. Yes, exactly what the elf says. It's fantastic. As I pick the food up with my hands and eat it straight, straight from the fingers. A lot less grace than what the elves have. Very well. Lhasa, your roll? I've rolled a 16. 16. Well, you've observed two things. One, Jarvan was very quiet and preoccupied. You've seen nervousness before, perhaps not on a human, but if you had to guess, that was what you beheld here. Also, Daxon Alatu seemed extremely uncomfortable by the thought that he might know someone who needs healing. And the last thing that you noticed was that Praetor Exos Nitros, while claiming to be happy to be able to sit at table and also having claimed to be excited to go to the opera, did not eat hardly any of his food and did not seem to engage very much in the conversation, was interested in the various moments when people talked about the war, about combat, about defense, but otherwise was not interested in being there. Those are the things that you have observed. With those observations, if there's opportunity as we are traveling between table and our next destination, I would choose to take the opportunity to speak with the Praetor. Ah, very well. As you stand up to leave, you get the impression that he usually has something that he is supposed to be doing at this moment. He looks to the room and you could see that other members of the Imperial Guard are going about their business, making sure that doors are opened before you, doors are closed behind you, that the Emperor has his attendant guard. It seems that Praetor Nitros is uncomfortable being in the center and would prefer to be on the outside conducting these various arrangements. You do have an opportunity as he is, he is traveling with you. He is in and amongst your group uh, surrounded by the various Imperial Guards as you head towards the stables, as it seems that you will be traveling. What you gather to be a short distance to the Teatro Spire, but nevertheless, there will be a carriage and horses. Praetor, uh, do forgive me as I am not well-versed in your ways or manners, mm -hmm. but it would seem to me that you have been distant this evening. Are there concerns that draw you, or is it um, more to do with an unfamiliarity with courtly graces, perhaps? 
You are very observant. Yes, I would have to say it is the latter. I am not used to being the one being protected. <laughs> Although it would seem that would be the case here, I... Well, I, this is a great honor. I would just as soon be permitted to, to do my job. Ah, Praetor, forgive me if I am a bit bold. It would seem to me that men such as you do not need protecting, and it would seem to me that here within the walls of this palace and amongst such fine company, surely no protection would really be needed aside from those you've positioned outside the halls. So then, I encourage you, if you can, at least in this moment, to calm yourself and enjoy these festivities while you may. I, too, find myself drawn away from such things frequently. So then, enjoying them becomes all the more important while we can. Hmm. Unfortunately, I am not a person who can live in the moment. There was a minor breach of security earlier today. He adjusts his golden scarf around his neck. Nothing that need concern you. We are safe. And I am having a good time. <laughs> I promise you. Well, I certainly hope it has nothing to do with the Daxos and his seeming concerns. Hmm. I wouldn't know anything about that. Well, all the same, even if it was very minor, I would be curious to hear your thoughts. How could there be a breach of any kind? Surely I've seen the efficacy of your people, and I've seen you yourself, uh, the leader of them, and I would think nothing should escape your eyes. Very flattering. If you truly wish to know, I will see that your master is informed. It is not something that we will attempt to keep a secret, but there are individuals who should be questioned and others who should be fully informed before we inform our guests. But I assure you, there was never any danger. Hmm. Perhaps. But please see that you do. And perhaps it would be not unwise to really consider taking a moment for yourself in this time. I know it is difficult, particularly for a man of action, but so rarely are we afforded a storm and a play in the same day. I like storms. On this we can agree. I've never been to an opera during a storm. I imagine it will be an enhancement. Certainly. It brings many bountiful gifts, no matter where it falls. But I imagine on a stage, it must only draw forth the magic of it. The rest of your journey is relatively quiet, as you can tell that perhaps the Praetor has 
listened to some of your words. He tries to relax a bit, but after a few moments, he tenses up again, his eyes looking around for danger. So as the short ride in the carriage commences, Anwir, you think back to the conversation at dinner, your heightened senses, your heightened perception. You're playing back the various conversations, including the astounding revelation by the dwarf that he is a cleric. That is hard to believe, but not impossible. Although he certainly doesn't appear like any cleric that you have seen, but then you haven't seen that many. But as that revelation was made, you think back to the various reactions in the room. I would like you to make an insight check, if you don't mind. I have rolled a one on the die for a total of eight. That is an unfortunate roll. Your finely tuned senses tell you that you might have missed something, perhaps an exchange that happened while you were yourself stunned by this revelation. But as you play the moment over in your mind, you cannot put your finger on what it is that you missed. As you approach the Teatro Spire, you see that it is a building that is roughly cube-shaped from the ground all the way to the top, but then Starting in the middle section of the cube, there is a tetrahedral structure that rises up and then from the top of it, a long spire sticks up into the sky. There is no adornment on it other than it seems to be coated in some sort of somewhat reflective metal, but it is just a large point sticking up into the air. And then the rest of the building extends back from that. The facade of the building has several columns and large openings where you can see people milling about. The rain has just begun to fall, and so there is a little bit of haste being made as people perhaps don't take as long getting into the theater as they normally would. But as you approach, you see people arriving on palanquins, you see com some coming on carts being led by horses. The carriage that the Emperor has is a very lavish affair. It is covered and very long and has a team of four beautiful black horses that lead it, each of them very ornately decorated with silver barding. And the imperial crest of three billowing sails fully on display on the doors of the carriage and also in the front and in the back. As you arrive, we are going to turn our attention away from those who are attending the opera and towards those who are going to be performing in it. Manto and Tilly and Blip, as you arrive under guard at the Teatro Spire, coming in from the back, you are met by Berenzi Victo, who comes forward and looks over all three of you and waves the guards to stand a little further away from you. It says, Very good, you have arrived. I must say you look a little bit more presentable outside of the dungeon. I hope you understand, Kender, what a great risk I am taking in allowing this 
I do, and and thank you very, very much for giving me the opportunity to show off my talents. I will introduce you to the composer shortly, and, uh, well, he will take it from there. Keep in mind that you are representing one of the champions of the Lance, this tasselhood. It's difficult to conceive of a Kender as a hero, but in theater, anything is possible. Upon hearing that, I raise an eyebrow and tilt my head. Um, he is a hero, so I think it'll be easy. I'll be able to do it. Of course, excellent. He turns towards you, Manto and Blip, and looks at you. I believe there is a stable nearby. Will that be acceptable for your <clears throat> companion? Uh, are you talking about my friend Blip, or are you talking about dinner? I lean over and scratch my arm. And as I do, flakes slowly flutter and drift to the ground. Berenzi grimaces and holds a scented cloth to his nose as he backs away and looks at you, Manto. She cannot come inside the theater. I take it dinner is the name of the pig. Neither one of them can enter. As I said, there is a stable nearby. That is the best I can offer. But perhaps there is some need backstage? There is always need backstage, but it is... I am taking a big enough risk having a kender backstage and a prisoner from the dungeon. I have a great deal of leeway given the importance of this event, but it only extends so far. Having a creature such as this backstage, ah, gods above, I simply cannot. I will turn to Blip and crouch down to her level. My friend... I am afraid we must part ways here, just for the time being, but you have the very important mission of making sure that dinner stays safe and also making sure that no unsavory people come in through that back door. Wh I look look at Manto terrified. We you go, you go? You go where? In the very large pretty building over there. Where, where I go? I look around and I, do I see where this stable is? Yes, it's a very obvious. There is a large stable nearby, clearly positioned to be of use for those arriving uh, at the Teatro Spire with horses, carriages, and the like. I will point over to the stable. You get to go over there with all the very, very pretty horses. I would like to bring you in, but we are prisoners, and I am already on very thin ice. But it, it not cold. This is true. And I look back to Berenzi. Are you sure there is nothing that my friend can do? Perhaps provide security, or don't uh, trash pickup. Uh, I have to agree. I presume the people watching this opera are going to be very high class, very rich and wealthy people, correct? 
Well, that is the hope. So they will be very fat and overweight, and all of that meat and all the food that they've been eating will get stuck under their folds, will have kind of gone kind of rotten, they'll be stinky, no one's going to tell them anything, Blip could come in, no one's going to think anything else. I look under my arms and make sure I don't have any food in any folds anywhere. He looks behind him at the theater door, the backstage entrance, if you will, and steps close to you, Tilly and Manto, and says, How many singers have you had dealings with? Well, there is Yosef, um, uh, who, who who travels through the streets and, and plays, and then we have the the band that sometimes plays at the tavern on nights, and... Um, I mean professional singers, people who have devoted their lives to their instrument. I begin counting aloud on my fingers and listing a bunch of random names. Oh, there's uh, there's Joey, uh, Quisenta, there is um, Felicia, there is... And I just begin really quietly while Manto's speaking, just listing a bunch of random names out. And I finally stop and, and look over at Tilly and like, Obviously, she is much more well-cultured than I am. Well, yes, but Kenda do not count. They are singers, I mean, are an extremely sensitive group. I, I cannot bring a gully dwarf backstage. I simply cannot. I apologize, and if you wish to return to prison, I can arrange it. I suggest that you do not, however. No, 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 no. And I will turn back to Blip. So our options are this. You go to the stables with dinner and make friends with the horses, or we go back to jail. I'll cross my arms and sort of look off to the side and try to think really, really hard. I I know like I, I know like prison I like ponies I I guess I I go I go with ponies I'll step closer to Manto Who keep you how you, how you stay safe I you have prepared me well. I will take care of myself, but also we have this very, very brave Kender here. I wave. If she is anything like her fellow countryman, Tasselhoff, or whatever we are calling him in this thing, uh, then she is very brave indeed. I believe you'll find that the name of the hero is Tasselhood. Very well researched. Yes, Tasselhood. But you will be safe. Blip, just as you don't like prison, um, I have this, uh, thing. I reach down and, and lift up one of the layers of my skirts, and there's just the jingling noise ensues of everything clanking together, and I pull out a small children's doll, and I hand it to Blip. I, um, this is, um, uh, Henrietta, let's say. And she, um, doesn't like loud noises, and I think the opera is going to be very loud. Do you think you could take care of Henrietta for me? I'd take good care. 
I eagerly reach out both hands, and as I go to take the doll, I immediately drop it. I'll stoop down and pick it back up. I, 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 I take. I'll start to pet it. Thank you. Manto, you, you stay safe. I, I, I go. And you stay safe as well, my friend. And then I will look down at dinner and, and, and give her a little scratch behind the ear. And you watch out for each other. <laughs> dinner, my friend. I'll take care of Manto, don't worry. Excellent. And with that, Manto and Tilly make their way into the Teatro Spire followed by the guards that accompanied them. And Lip, you look over and see a young human, Ragothian, with his arms folded, looking at you with disgust. He looks like he might be about 11 years old. Uh, he has a large scar on his face, going from the top of his forehead across his nose, coming down to his neck. But that is the only thing on him that you see that could possibly be indicative of lower class. The rest of perhaps better for me to describe this in terms that Blip would understand. He looks very fancy except for his face. And he, uh, <laughs> he looks at you and has his arms folded and says, My name is Castor. I'm to give you a bath. A what? I freeze and tense. You're gonna come quietly? No. I know like that. I scowl. He scowls back at you. Just follow me. Are you hungry? Yeah, I like food. Bath is kind of like food. No. Bath. No good. As I scratch my arm again, more flakes fall off and float to the ground. Just, just follow me. No bath? Fine. No bath. I look at him suspiciously, but slowly start to follow. Dinner, you come. <coughs> the pig trots after you happily. And you head over to the stables. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Dragonlance, Echoes of Kryn, Dragons of the Hidden Flood. If you would like to know more about us, please visit our website at lawfulstupidrpg.com. We also invite you to join us for our live streaming games at twitch.tv slash lawfulstupidrpg. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Until next time, as Sularus Oath Mithas, farewell. This has been a Lawful Stupid RPG production.